Hi, this is Bill Cumby. I'm a uh, teacher at First Church Ministries in Newport News, Virginia, and we're going through Genesis. Um, I'd like to open us in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the time we have. Thank you for your love to us, and thank you for the preservation of your word to help us understand who you are and how much you love us and your great plan for us and your great desire to be with us through eternity. And Lord, I pray you open your word to us now, help us understand things, help clear our minds and fill us with your spirit and give us an understanding and a love for your word. We ask in your name, Jesus. Amen. So uh, we are in Genesis. Um, we are, <laughs> I actually have uh, Genesis 2020. It did actually have spring of 2020, and then it went into just 2020. And I was talking with Jose about possibly trying to finish by the end of 2020, and because uh, I don't want to change the title slide, <laughs> but I, I might. Who knows? Uh, yeah, we, but we are going to pick up the pace quite a bit now. Uh, I actually redid this a little just so to break these verses up because there is a key verse in here. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Him, male and female, he created them. But at the very beginning, we can pass over that very quickly too. And it says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, so we get at the beginning that God created everything, and then he furnished the world, and at the very end, he creates mankind. And, and so creation isn't just about mankind, and yet mankind is the crown of creation. And creation serves mankind, but it serves mankind as part of a, almost as mankind as a head of creation. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we get through here today. But but there's not a there. There's a separateness to mankind and creation, and yet there's the story that involves uh, both uh, mankind and creation. So if you look through here, get a summary. You get uh, you know Genesis was given to the Israelites after being freed from slavery at Mount Sinai, uh, and they received the civil, moral, and religious laws for the community at that point. And they also Genesis was in that. It was one of the five books in Genesis one uh, through uh, chapter two three is a prologue. It basically talks about how, how God created everything, A to Z. There's only one God. God created everything. And then God set mankind in the garden um, to have rule and have dominion over that creation. And then we get into um, the, the history of the world, uh, which is the beginning, and the history of God's chosen people, which we're starting to enter into now. Um, there's always been God dealing with people, but now there's an actual um, family that he begins to deal with. And there's a story of his purpose, his story, history. So that is what Genesis is about. Um, and and uh, again, it's, Genesis is structured like this. At the beginning, there's a prologue, um, creation of heaven and earth. And then you get what we would call primeval history. Uh, which is up through right after the flood. And you get uh, the generations of heaven and earth, uh, the book of the generations of Adam, of Noah, the sons of Noah, of Shem. And then afterwards, when the patriarchs start, you get the generations of Terah, Ishmael, Isaac, Esau, and Jacob. And I'm going to get into this a little bit more, but this is how it's structured. There's actually 10 um, pericopes, which is just a section uh, of Scripture. And so you, there's actually 11 with the prologue, the creation, and then you get these 10, five before and five after, and they're stories. 
and we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but the stories were probably in circulation when the people of Israel left. Scholars tend to think that these are stories that are woven together in Genesis under the direction of God. Okay, and so, but but it's not like they they did not have any knowledge of these things. There were certain areas they probably didn't have knowledge of, and yet there probably was an oral tradition in Israel. So we'll talk about that a bit more. Uh, I, I do want to sort of go through here, though, because we get the, the prologue here, and then we get this is the generations of heaven and earth. We get the story of Adam and Eve, uh, Cain and Abel, and Abel is slain, and is, goes, uh, is in, in paradise heaven, and he still speaks to us, it says, by a sacrifice. And we get Cain, and Cain, uh, the line of Cain actually degenerates down to Lamech. And Lamech says, if, if Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. Unbridled revenge. There's polygamy there, that, that sort of polygamy. There's, there's things that are, are um, negative, that, that are affecting the world negatively. Uh, and mankind is degenerating. And then we get that Adam and Eve had another son, Seth. And that's the generations of Adam through Seth. So the first generations is through Lamech. The second one is through Seth. The third one, after Seth, it talks about Seth going and that Enoch walks with God. He's seventh generation out. Enoch's walking with God while Lamech's uh, swearing revenge. And then at the very end, the, the godly line of Shem is corrupted, and Noah is the only one left. And so it talks about the generations of Noah. And we've covered, we've gone through there, and, and today we're going to be doing four and five, the generations of Noah's sons and the generations of Shem. Um, that sounds like a lot, except the generations of Shem is really a genealogy. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, and again, we are going to be picking up steam. So certain passages we're just going to sort of fly over. You really need to be reading these passages before um, uh, and, and or stopping the, the tape and just and just take the time to read through here. Um, the, the first thing that we that we pick up in this is, is called the Table of Nations, okay? Uh, Genesis chapter 10 has, now this is the genealogy of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and sons were born to them after the flood in Genesis. The sons of Japheth were, the sons of Ham were, and the children were also born of Shem, the father of the of all the children of Eber, the brother of Japheth, the elder, and the sons of Shem were. And it goes through this, this whole table of nations. And, and it says what nations came from which group of people, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Um, I, I, uh, there's a lot written on this. Uh, I, all I can say is it's, it's a very accurate um, thing. It's, I, as far as I know, as far as what I've heard, it is the most accurate um, table of nations of and, and genealogy type thing from that time period. There's nothing like that. Its purpose was not to give us scientific DNA evidence of where people went on things, okay? It was to give us where different people groups went and who they descended from. And it, it does do that. So most of the descendants of, of Ham were in Africa and in the Middle East. And most of the descendants of, of uh, Japheth migrated pretty much north into Europe and stuff. And Shem stayed in the Middle East, too, and, and some feel they went out towards Asia. Note that this does not really talk about Australia. It doesn't talk about North or South America, where, where they possibly, quite possibly people think might have crossed over a land bridge here. Um, we don't know. It's not, it's not intended to give us a modern table of nations, but it is intended to tell us that, that when the flood ended, people spread out. At first, they didn't spread out. We're going to be talking about that in Tower of Babel uh, in the next um, uh, section, 
but um, it does give us the idea of that God's superintending things and these people are spread out. Now, this has been taken, uh, unfortunately, negatively um, because most of the descendants of Ham went into Africa, dark skin, darker skin and stuff like that, and it was a curse on Cain, and as they say, that, that the race of Ham was cursed, but the race of Ham was not cursed. And there is not such a thing as a separate race. It's the people that descended from, from Ham. The Canaanite received the curse. And, there, and the curse, again, for the Canaanites probably was because of incest and the incestuous practices of the Canaanites as they multiplied in there. We actually are going to see God, the godly line having that same issue when they're in the land of Canaan. And we're also going to see um, that they offered their children as sacrifices too. So it was... It was it was not a, uh, a genocide of a race or a nation, and, and Ham was not cursed. Um, but the fruit of what happened there, um, it was a cursed um, system. Either way, they brought the curse on themselves, or, or if God cursed them is, is a, a deeper issue that we're not going to talk about here, though it's, it's worth talking to a pastor about a theologian if you're interested in pursuing that. Uh, and you can always talk to me. I'm always available for that. But but I really feel that um, what was going on there is the Israelites are being told why they're going back into the land of Canaan after 400 years. So the reason that that's even brought out in scriptures is to help the Israelites understand that there's a problem in Canaan and the people they're going to are not nice people that they want to really just settle down among because they have practices that if they adopt those practices, then they themselves will inherit the curse. So um, that's what's going on here. And uh, Table of Nations, really good. Lots of good stuff out there about it. Google it, read it. Uh, again, very accurate, but, but often misused. And um, so the Tower of Babel. So we get to the section of the Tower of Babel in chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. And, uh, and this is, so, so we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but um, uh, this is a story, okay? Let's read the section. Um, yeah, you take time and read the section. I'm not going to read it right now. Um, uh, but I, but I, have, I have a little note to myself, your grandfather. So when you have family, you want to tell stories. In fact, we, Jose and I, we were talking about stories just, just, uh, just before this. And I, Let me tell you a story type thing. And my kids, they love stories. And I love to tell some of the stories. And some of the stories are, are way far back in the family line. Not too far back, because my family line, I don't know as far back as I would like. And other ones are about me and the kid, you know, and they get more elaborate as they go along. And so uh, it affects the immediate family and the kids know and they want to hear the story. So, so you know, the story of my grandfather. So my, I, I come from um, Sicilian heritage. My grandfather was Sicilian and my mother was Sicilian. And my grandfather um, had an argument with his father. Um, it, when he was in Sicily, and got so angry, he just got on the boat and came to America when he was 16. He just, you know, didn't speak a word of English, didn't know where to go, went into Ellis Island, um, was stamped with, uh, Italians are called WAPs, because they're, it, they would stamp W-O-P on it without passport. And uh, so they, you were, he was a WAP and went into New York City and then actually uh, went into Pennsylvania, was a coal miner there. And he saved money up, and after he saved up enough money, he brought my, my, my grandmother over, his girlfriend over, and they got married. 
And my, that's, how, that's the story of how my mother's side of the family got into the United States. And they opened a pizza place, and we used to have lots of good times at the pizza place. And there's a big family, and we have pictures in the pizza place of the whole family there and stuff like that. And the kids love to hear those stories, okay? And, and those stories are important. They're, they're, they're true. They're story, but they're 100% true. Uh, and they, they, they tell more than just the story. There's, there's more in there. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I would say is, if you ever said anything bad about America, if you ever said that, my grandfather would curse you out so loudly and roundly and tell you to get on the boat and you just leave the country because he loved the country he had come to. And so there's a story about immigrants and, and coming to a land of opportunity and loving it and really wanting to defend it. And this, but the story has a message too, okay? And so that's what's happening here in Genesis. These are stories. The stories given here are the stories that the people would say, tell us, tell us the story of creation. Tell us, tell us about Adam and Eve. Tell, tell us about you know, how, how Abraham came to be and stuff. And so here's the story of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel, after the flood, they were told to spread out, to fill and multiply and subdue the earth. And so um, they, um, they didn't want to do that. So I, I actually have this slide with a little emphasis in a second. Let's go to an intermediate slide, though. When you look at those 10 generations, this is what, this is what the Israelites see. Tell us a story. The story of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, and ungodly lying to Lamech. Tell us a story about Adam and Eve and Seth and the, the guy lying until Noah. Tell us a story about God destroying evil but preserving Noah. Tell us a story. Tell us a story. Now, we, we, in our culture, story sometimes has a connotation of not being true, but these stories were there. They were true stories. And, and when uh, Moses was at Mount Sinai getting the law in Genesis, God filled in the details. And so we, I think we can, you know, we, I, I know we can trust this as God's truth in here. And so there's, the, but the, the, the flip side of that is where there's information in there, it's because God wants us to learn something too. Yes, God wants us entertained, but he also wants us to draw, extract from these things. And so, so um, this is the story of how the, so this is what we're covering this time. This is the story of how the earth was populated by Noah's descendants. And this is the genealogy of the godly line continued. And then we're going to start going into the story of the patriarchs, Abraham. This is the story of Abraham. This is the genealogy of Ishmael, who came from Abraham. And then the, but the story of Abraham continues with the story of Jacob. And then the genealogy of Esau, who, who was uh, a son also of Isaac. And then you get the story of Joseph and his brothers. This is the heritage that the Israelites had. And so it ends, Genesis ends with them going into Egypt. Exodus begins with them in slavery um, and, and getting ready to leave after 400 years. And so this is what they, when they hear this, they hear, hey, Dad, can you tell us about your grandfather? Hey, Dad, can you tell us about this? And so, so this is what they're hearing here. Now, the whole earth had one language and the same words, and the people migrated from the east. They found a plain, uh, a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, and I, this is my emphasis, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. Uh, and they had brick for stone and, and bitten for mortar. That's asphalt, like to, to, for the mortar. And they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make, uh, let us make a name for ourselves. I did not actually emphasize that, but let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the earth. 
okay, there's this, this overweening, let us, like the royalty, let us do this, let us do that. And the Lord came down to see the city and tower. And, uh, and, and again, this is, this is sort of, it's a story. Um, God is everywhere, but the story is helping them to understand. And so God came down and he see the city and tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they would do. And nothing they propose to do will now be impossible for them. So then God says, come, let us go down and confuse their life. I love this. They're like, come, let us do this. Come, let us do that. Come, and God says, come, let us go down and confuse their languages and puts an end to all this nonsense. Now, okay, so they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them all over the face of the earth, and they left off the building of the city. Therefore, the, its name is called Babel, because the Lord was confused uh, it confused the languages of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. Now, there are, are thousands of languages. I, I don't know what the current count is. And when I actually went to Wycliffe to the linguistics school, the first semester of it, and the, the running joke there, I, it was like 220 people from like 24 different nations in there. And, uh, and, but the running joke there was the Tower of Babel was somewhere in Nigeria or somewhere in, uh, in, in New Guinea because those were the concentrations of all the different languages and stuff. But, but, but there, was a, there was a multiplicity of languages that spread out on there. Um, why? So God wanted us to spread through all the, all the earth. Well, why? Because God wanted us to multiply, be fruitful and multiply, fill and subdue the earth. But what, what's the problem with everyone wanting to be together? Why is he doing this? Well, he says, if they do this, nothing will be impossible for them. Well, isn't that a good thing? I mean, mankind doing, can do, nothing will be impossible. But there's a flip side to unlimited good, and that's unlimited evil. And God saw that. The nations were given to keep one another in check, okay? So, so nations themselves operate and are good or bad, and God raises up nations and destroys nations and nations keep themselves in check by things. And so God wanted a dispersal. He did not want one people, okay? If there was one people and it was all good, that would be wonderful. But he understood how easy it could flip to the negative and how easily it flipped before the flood to the negative. And, and, and so there would be a ruler that would arise that would turn it evil. And so he dispersed that. So, that, but, so the story there is um, people are always going to try to do what they want. And you think, well, yeah, that's our, our nature. Yeah, and our nature, our nature is our will. We have a will. God's given us a free will. He's given us independence. The, the sad thing is that our will um, doesn't agree with God's will. Okay? Now, there are times it agrees. People say, I, I, I love God's word. I, I, I think the word is great and that it, and we should obey it and follow it. But the truth is, is we only believe it's great when we want to believe it's great. In the areas where we disagree with it, we say, well, I, I agree with 99% of God's word, and, and, uh, and there's, one, there's parts that I don't agree with and stuff like that. Well, you know what? It's sort of like Augustine said. You know, if you add um, a tablespoon of perfume into water, the water's all perfume, okay? Um, uh, if you take a tablespoon of water, and add it to a gallon of sewage, we didn't use that word, but you add sewage, um, then you get uh, a gallon and a tablespoon of sewage. Now, if you take a, a tablespoon of sewage and you add it to water, you get a gallon and a tablespoon of sewage. Okay, so, so 
No one's going to drink that water anymore. You can say all you want. Well, I just put a drop of sewage in there. No one's going to drink it, okay? And this is what's... So, so there's, there's this contamination that... that, that, that so we say, I, I, yes, I, I love God's word. It's water to my soul. But I'd like to add a drop or two of my own ideas in there that he, he was almost right on. You see what's going on here? It really is not your... It's your will all the time. When your will agrees with God's will, then yeah, you want God's will. But when your will doesn't agree with God's will, you don't want God's will. So it's your will going on here. And this is what's happening here. This is what he's trying to, he's trying, he's, with the dispersal of nations, is he's trying to help this keep in check. This is one of the things he's given. But, but ultimately, it comes back to the fact of whose will are you going to follow? He gives us free will, and yet our free will will cause the death of us. So um, we, get, we get then after this Tower of Babel, after this dispersal, we get this from Shem to Abraham. We get these are the generations of Shem. When Shem was 100 years old, he fathered Arpashad at two years after the flood. And Shem lived after he fathered Arpashad uh, 500 years and had other sons and daughters. And then every one of these, he talks about when Arpashad uh, had lived 35 years, he fathered Shelah. Uh, and he lived so many more years and had other sons and daughters. And Shayla lived so many years and had other sons and daughters and had other sons and daughters and had other sons and daughters. Now, uh, the other sons and daughters only appears in another, the genealogy that was back for Seth. Okay, you didn't see it in the, in the Lamech thing. So this is the continuation of the godly line. Okay, what he's saying here is the godly line is now picked up and it goes through Shem and it ends here uh, on Terah. And Terah lived 70 years. He fathered Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Um, and then we get, these are, these are Terah's descendants. Now, these are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran fathered uh, Lot. And Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his kindred in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram, took, uh, and, Abram and Nahor took wives. Now, remember... Abram, his name is changed to Abraham, okay, but just, just a note there. But Abram and Nahor took wives, and the name of Abram's wife was Sarai, again, which is changed to Sarah later. And the name of Nahor's wife is Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was barren, and she had no children. And Terah took Abraham and his sons, the lots, uh, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his, his daughter-in-law, his son Abraham's wife, Abram's wife, and they went forth together from the Ur of Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. When they came to Iran, they settled there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Iran. So now we're going into a new section here. These are the, this, these are the generations of Terah, okay? So, so this, is, this is sort of like, tell us a story, okay? Tell us a story about, and I again have my note, when your uncle took you to jail. This is one of my kids' favorite stories. It's actually one of my favorite stories, too. So, um, My parents, we had a pretty troubled childhood, and my parents were divorced and separated and remarried and separated again. It was off and on. And uh, when I, we were living up in Pennsylvania with my mother's parents, the Sicilian, okay, so, so a lot, small little Italian-Polish community. is about 12,000 its claim to fame was they once published a, uh, a story called No Joy in Pectel. Time did like 45 years ago when they were showing an R-rated movie there and there was a lot of protest there. 
and uh, and there was no joy in Petville because of the R-rated movie being shown there. So very small town, and they knew everyone knew each other. And um, my mother was out there working as a nurse and trying to keep take care of us at the same time. And my uncle, um, my uncle Mickey. Um, was like a father to us there in a lot of ways, you know, sort of, a, you know, she couldn't handle us. He was around and, and I, I don't know what I did. I still, I, I can't remember, but I did something that wasn't very good. And my uncle got called in. And my uncle came in and said, you need to, you know, gave me the, you know, read me the riot act. You did yeah. You're not listening to me? Okay, I, I'm going to take you to jail. I said, yeah, right. So, yeah, no, get your stuff. Pack your stuff. We're going, you're going to spend the night in jail. Well, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to lock you up. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, right. So I pack my stuff, and, and, and we load up and go in the car. My brother, my, you know, this is the story. My brother's crying. <laughs> oh, no, don't take them. You know, my, you know it, so, I, so there's other actors. This is the thing about stories. You don't have all the actors all the time and things. So my sister's there, but she's sort of, She's not happy, but she's not the way. But my brother, he's crying. My younger brother, you're like, oh, don't take him. Don't take him. You know, and, and, and I'm like, yeah, right. So I went in there. So, so we get in the car and we drive down to the, the police station. You need to understand that was three blocks. Okay. It was just down the road. I mean, we walked. That's right across from my, parent, my grandparents' pizza place. Okay. And, 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 and it was a police station, fire station um, uh, combined. And it was really small. And they knew each other. And, 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 but, you know, I don't know. I'm nine years old. Okay, what do I know? So I'm thinking, wait, he's taking me there. I said, yeah, well, maybe we talk about it. No, Bill, the, the, Billy, that the time has passed to talk about this. You're going to jail. Oh, well, no, no, I, I, I can, you know, and I, I know now in retrospect, he, he, could, he probably would have got, taken me out there and the guy would have locked me up just to scare the heck out of me. Uh, but, but, but. I, no, no, I, I'll, I'll be okay. I, I, I promise. You know, I. No, I, no, you're gonna go in. No, 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 please don't take me to jail. So, okay, so, so, he doesn't. He turns around, makes the loop back through the ring, and says, "Because uh, I promised on my soul to behave forever, you know," and. Uh, and I come in on my brother. Oh, he's back! He's back! He's back! You know, and 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 you know, I have other stories like that. Okay, and and the stories are true stories. Okay, and they tell you things. Okay, they tell you about my my self will. Like, there's some deeper stories in there too about my mother having to struggle to take care of us and of me having to develop a will that couldn't be broken because there was a lot happening in my heart. And yet it had to be broken because I had to learn discipline. And so, so here you get this. This is this. Now we're getting into, so, so the stories before, my grandfather and stuff like that, they're short stories. They're small stories. They have little bits in there. That's up to this point. That's what Genesis has been about. Now Genesis is going into the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs, the ones, your, your mom and dad and grandfather type thing, the ones you want to know about and the stories you want to know about. And, and like most family trees, there are good stories, and there's some warning stories, there's some bad stories. And, and Scripture, this is the thing, is Scripture's pretty honest. Some of the stuff we're going to get into, uh, particularly with Lot, is pretty horrible. Okay? 
And that's one of the reasons I know this is true, because you would never put it in here and make your ancestor look so horrible unless there was a truth there that just you couldn't escape and you need to know. And so, so Scripture records those things. It doesn't sanitize them. Uh, and here you get this story. Now I've re reorganized it a little. This is how the story would have been told. Now, these are the generations of Terah, uh, and that's the six generations of in there, uh, in this center gen. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran fathered Lot. Now, the reason that's in there is because Lot and Abram become, so, there's, so, so now people want to know what the relationship, well, Abram and uh, Lot was his nephew, okay? And Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his kindred of Ur of Chaldees, which is um, near the um, Red Sea. And, and, uh, and then um, Abram and Nahor took wives. And the name of Abram's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iscah. Now, they, these might, you might not remember these. You might not, depending on what your level of, of savvy in Genesis is, you might not remember, but Nahor's wife, Nahor comes in later on, on the other side, when, when uh, Rebecca and, and uh, Rachel are out there. That's that side. And, uh, but Abram marries Sarai, and, um, and Sarai was barren, had no child. Now, again, this is the story of someone who's going to have a child, Okay. And it's important that you know early on that this is a problem. Okay, Sarah has no child. So Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his godson, his grandson, excuse me, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, and his son, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth together from the Ur of Chaldees to go to the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, which is about halfway there, they settled there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now, interesting thing about this is, Terror was going to go to Canaan. You sort of wonder whether God, because the next section we're going to get into next week is it talks about um, God says to Abraham to go into the Canaan, you know, and it's sort of like Terror was going to go there. Did God call Terror there first, and Terror just got waste out, waylaid? Now that's what the Israelites are going to be. This is when they hear that when you when you hear stories. You filter them through your grid, and you, you say, you check, 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 oh, oh, no, that's new type thing. They're listening here, and they may, say, may have said, hmm, was Haran, you know, was, 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 um, was Terah supposed to not stay in Haran? Was he supposed to go to Canaan, but he settled down? And so then God used Abram instead of Terah? I don't know. I don't know. But they did go to this land. And there, there's going to be a journey here, and we're going to talk about that um, in, in these next generations of. So uh, I want I want to um, sort of put this again in, in some um, context. So these again are the generations of, and, and we're we're we have finished through these first three, these first five, excuse me, and we're going to the last five. They counted the generations of Terra. Now this is interesting because. It says the generations of Terah, where, where the line springs off, that's where it starts. But it really is the account of Abraham. And then you get the generations of Ishmael, because Ishmael springs off of, in the line of Abraham. But that's just a side shoot, so to speak. So it's just the genealogy. And then you get the story, uh, it says the generations of Isaac. But really, most of Isaac is up here in this account. 
This is really the story of Jacob, Isaac's son. And then there's Esau, who's also Isaac's son, and you get a genealogy there. You don't get a lot of story on Esau, just the genealogy. And then it picks back up with the generations of Jacob, which is really the accounts of Joseph and his brothers. Because, quite frankly, parents, a lot of the lives of the parents are in their children. And that's what's going on here. So, so we get these stories here that we'll be coming back to. And, and that's, and, and, and by the way, this is in some ways why we can pick up speed here. Because now we're telling the stories, okay? I have to say Genesis 1 through 10 is extremely packed. I mean, the creation of the whole world and the furnishing and everything takes up one chapter. So you got to move sort of slow on this. Part of this is to give you some territory, to covering ground and the stories. Um, and, and it covers a lot of stories, but the stories are, are unified to give a message. Okay, So it's not a doctrine. The, the, the New Testament is, is only one quarter uh, is of the Bible. So it, it's one third of the length of the Old Testament, three thirds Old Testament, one third New Testament, four thirds would be the old, it's, it's full. Um, um, so it's three quarters Old Testament and one quarter New Testament. And why is the, the New Testament only one quarter? Well, because most of the stories have already been told in the Old Testament. The New Testament is extracting from those stories and, and, and also telling us about their New Testament fulfillment in Jesus. So we get, um, we get uh, we're actually studying in John now at church. So if you can tune into that and uh, uh, First Church Ministries, you can live stream it or you can come and visit us. And, and uh, Pastor Bob talked about Genesis chapter 1. And, and Genesis chapter 1 is the new Genesis. It is the Genesis of, of the New Testament. It is the fulfillment of the story of Genesis. And so you, got, you have to look here. In the beginning, just like Genesis 1, right, was the word. So in the beginning, uh, in, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And here it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was, with, was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. So we understand now from John that in the beginning was Christ, and Christ created the world through God. God, God the Father gave that Christ create the world. The Holy Spirit uh, was brooding over the surface. It said the Spirit was brooding over the surface in Genesis 1. We know that the Holy Spirit is in this too. This is the Godhead. Uh, let us make man in our image is fulfilled here again. Uh, God makes himself in our image. Think about that. So, so God becomes incarnate in man. Um, and um, to all who did receive him, to those who believed his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of human wills, but born of God. And uh, Bob gave an excellent message last week on that that you can listen to. Um, but, but this is, the, the idea is the fulfillment of the story of Genesis is in here. Uh, and then we get, uh, I love this, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in the place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Ah, who wrote Genesis? Moses. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. This is the story of Genesis. This is the story of the Bible. The story of his story. His story, history. That God has a purpose for us. This is not all random. Now, um, there can be debate about whether there's a progression in history. Some people say there's cycles and stuff like that. 
The Bible does teach there is a progression, though, in redemption in history, that God has revealed himself progressively and helped us understand ourselves. So, so when we see these stories in the Old Testament, we realize that they're helping us understand who God is better. And, and um, we understand God from understanding ourselves and creation and family and fatherhood. See, um, the reason we have parents and the reasons we have fathers, the reason there are children, is because the Trinity is somehow shaped in a community, that God is one and yet is a community. And so there is this community here too, and we, we actually see that at, in Ephesians. I'm going to close with this, but we see that in Ephesians um, chapter 3 where it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives his name. And think about this. When you love your child, you get a glimpse of the love that the Father has for you. Okay? When, when, when your child suffers and you suffer with your child, you get a glimpse of the Father suffering for you. Um, my, my daughter, we, we lost our, our grandson, our first grandson, uh, about a month ago. And his due date would have been yesterday. And today, my, my daughter, um, his mother, has organized a, a walk of remembrance that we're going on in, in about an hour. And it still hurts. The pain is there. And he'll be there for because she's the mother, okay? And God is, it's not just that God, all fatherhood derives from this, all fatherhood and motherhood. God is beyond sex, okay? The, the, the love of a parent for a child is embodied in God. And when he created us and he created these relationships, he gave us the privilege of entering into a relationship denied to others, okay? The animals, nature doesn't have the same kind of, yeah, there are animals that take care of their young and stuff, but there's not the same relationship. And there is no history. Humankind has a history. We have a written history. We're able to communicate with one another. We're able to pass it down. Now, many times that history is nasty, okay? But it is a history. It is a story of who we are. And so Genesis is really a very, very important book because it tells us who we are, how God loves us, how he cares for us, how he cares for us even when we keep on getting it wrong. We got it wrong here, got it wrong here again. But he keeps, he keeps us going, okay? I, I, even after the horrible things that happened with Lot, you know, and we'll be again in that in a couple of weeks, he, he doesn't give up on Lot. He still preserves him. And, um, and you think, well, should have let him go. God is in that business of redemption, you know? The family business is redemption, okay? And so um, he couldn't give anything more than his son. He gave his son for us because he loved us. And so it says here, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and that you may know this love that surpasses knowledge 
that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That is the purpose of history. The purpose of history is that we would know Christ, that, we, that all things would be united to Christ, that we, as humankind, not, not me individually, we, there's a, there's a, we have a problem in the U.S., okay, in America. We are very individualistic. I, probably one of the most individualistic nations that's ever existed. And there's, there's a good to that, okay? Don't get me wrong. God talks to us and deals with us as individuals, but he also deals with us as families and groups. And humankind, when it says he created them in his own image, male and female, he created them in his image. So even at the very initial creation act, it was not one. It was more than one, okay? And we ignore our brothers and sisters at our own peril um, and to our own hurt and to theirs, okay? And that's why the two great commands are love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's what this is. That's what he's talking about. Now, it closes now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Again, it, it's good to circle back at times, and we will do this periodically through the rest of Genesis. Who knows if we'll get through it in the next few weeks <laughs> before the end of the year. Uh, but, but we will try. And the, the story here is, is again... A story of family. We are part of the family of God. Augustine, who I love dearly, um, and if I ever had a mentor, it would be him, even though it was through books, um, said there are two cities in the world, the city of man and the city of God. He wrote a book called The City of God. And his point was that ultimately we almost decide if we will be as a city of man, which was the city of Adam descended through Canaan into Lamech, or whether we will be in the city of God, which is Adam through Abel with God. And uh, that's a decision we all make. Okay? And Genesis is there to help us understand the consequences of those decisions, not just for ourselves, but for our families and our descendants for generations afterwards. Are, are, am I bound by what my parents did? Yes and no. I mean, where you were born, you had no, you're bound by that. You were born where you were born, okay? Your parent, you know, you, so there's senses you were bound in it, but then you have a choice too. No one comes to God because their parents were with God. They might have an introduction, so to speak. <laughs> you might get to know God because your parents walked with God, but you yourself must make that decision and decide if you want to be with the city of God or the city of man. Genesis is about being with the city of God. That does not mean that you don't have problems. And it doesn't even mean that when you have problems, God is with you and take care of them all. Because you still have, I mean, Lot, it says in, in, in uh, Second Peter, was a godly man who was tormented every day among the people he lived with. And it corrupted him and twisted him in awful ways. And yet God was a godly man. God, God it was someone he wanted, okay? So it doesn't always work out well in this world, okay? But it's not because God has not been purposing us to draw us to him. And he never lets us go. Call out to God. He's always there. Christ is our brother. Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the bride. The church is the bride of Christ. We have wonderful imagery there 
about a union we'll one day have with God, not as God, with God, uh, but in relationship with God closer than anything else we have now. And so we have something very exciting. I know I've wandered a lot. It's gone really far afield on this, but I want you to see that these aren't just stories that are like, oh, you know, my dad got angry, my grandfather got angry, got on the boat and came to America. Those story, those are fun stories, okay? But these fun stories do have a message with them too. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the time we have together. We thank you for your love. Thank you that uh, you have made us part of a family, that no one is ever truly isolated, not, not on this earth. That there's always family here, though we don't always see them. And uh, even aside from that, we have a family eternal with you. And Lord, we thank you for that. We look forward to those days. Lord, I pray for the people who might be listening to this. I pray for myself that I might love you more, draw closer to you, and really see the goal of history is to be with you through eternity. We pray and thank you in your name, Jesus.